Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One guess. One big man. <laughs> One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Darman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Robbie is thoroughly entertained because I had a little, I had a little moment there. <laughs> I thought you were doing a, a little, Mr. Mag- little senior moment. I thought you were doing a Mr. Magoo bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You like, know, oh, I gotta wear my of, glasses. One these, oh, hello. One the, I'm one of these. One, <laughs> one of these days, I'll be Mr. Magoo, but that's three, five years away. Mr. Magoo, no one knows who Mr. Magoo is anymore. I think, I think Mr. Magoo is part of the cultural zeitgeist. Like, I don't know shit about Mr. Magoo, but I think people like you can Google it in three seconds. Like, that's what I don't understand. <laughs> Like anything that you don't know, you can fucking Google it. That's like, true. Like, uh, like complete information. Real. Like there's, there's no reason to 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 be ignorant of basically anything. To remain in the dark. I always, I never mm-hmm. liked Mister Magoo anyway. He's a terrible. I mean, most most old cartoon characters from TV are terrible. I don't know that he was ever like a newspaper comic strip character or something, but he's a but he's a bad gimmick. 70, a a, stupid <laughs> idea from bad creators. A 75 year old man 60 years ago thought it was real funny. And then, <laughs> I mean, that was the real problem uh, with a lot of things. Um, that man is long dead, but Mr. Magoo lives on. <laughs> Mr. Magoo's in hell. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the book I want to write. Mr. Magoo in hell. Oh, God. Is he going to run into like a. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's just how he completely brings down uh, the entire like infrastructure of hell by bumbling around and <laughs> like where's my glasses? And some demon tries this to get is, him. This has and been he... a lot. Of, this has been a lot of intro dicking around at this point. <laughs> some demon tries to get him with a pitchfork, and then he he ducks the last second of the pitchfork gets oh, yeah. gets the devil, and then the devil gets angry and lashes out mm-hmm. at a demon, and then. Oh yeah, he's throwing like bolts of like concentrated blood and lightning, and they just they just burn up the entire landscape. And then the end of the day, Mr. it's Mr. Magoo around, Mr. and they miss him. Mr. Magoo is the Lord of Hell. Yes, <laughs> he usurps the role of Satan. Let's 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 complete this pitch. Let's send it off, Mr. Magoo, Satan Junior. Yeah, it's perfect. Hi guys, hello. Sorry, sorry about all that. <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Sweet Tooth later on uh, in your book club by Jeff Lee Meyer about a boy with antlers. Mm-hmm. It's a it has a Netflix show coming out. Yes, I was I, like, has this been here? Because this this has to have been done before. But the Walking Deer. Oh God, Dear God. <laughs> Okay, so that's later on. We have comic books to talk about before that, though. We uh, books that came out 
much more recently. It is time for our first segment. It is time for Vlobby's for Nightly. Vlobby's for Nightly is the part of the show where Eric and I read a selection of this past couple of weeks' books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There's a motion meter. It goes from one to five. If we're feeling mushy about our decision, our first book is Fantastic Four Life Story Number One, written by Mark Russell, Art Sean Isaacsy, colors Nolan Woodard, letters Joe Caramagna. This is I, the first of what I assume will be every single Marvel, big Marvel franchise mm-hmm. from the '60s, given a life story we'll get, treatment. We'll get in that. We'll get thousands of them. Mm-hmm. This is Mark Russell. Uh, of uh, famously of woke Flintstones and a billionaire island and um uh I can't think of uh, the gay cartoon cat. Oh God, he wrote he wrote Tennessee Williams. I think so. Uh, Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss. Who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Eric? I think this has way more of a vision for what it wants to do than Spider-Man life story was. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me appreciate what he was trying to do with Spider-Man life story, because this is way more like, I can see this being, it is juxtaposing the fantastic four stories over the years with the American century or whatever, you know? Yes. Um, Which I assume they wanted to do with Spider-Man life story and just was about the clone saga and, and bad (laughs) and, and me not caring about it. Mm -hmm. Um, this feels like it's going to say something. It's got Galactus in it, making a really creepy face. Mm -hmm. It fucking haunts me. My God. Um, I think this works. It's the stuff that I want out of a Fantastic Four story. Um, and I, I feel like it is going to say something about, about the U.S. and the 20th century and how this fits in with it. Like, I, I'm, I am intrigued. I think that this tonally is what I would greatly prefer out of this. And this is, I think, the best part of Spider-Man life story. Yeah, I, I feel like it already, after one issue, has a better voice, mm-hmm. a better perspective. Um, it feels mm-hmm. more consistent tonally, even in throughout the one issue, than Spider-Man life story did. And it makes more sense with the Fantastic Four than with Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, because they, you know, because they were the, the first you know, Marvel family, you know, and like what, what they represented with, you know, science and what they represent generally as the kind of the link between uh, science fiction and pulp stories to superhero stories. So, and then you connect them with that American identity of the space race of the sixties, all of that stuff, you mix that all together and put, you have JFK in here. Reed Richards and LBJ and LBJ and LBJ. Uh, you have terrifying Galactus, uh, which mm. I really I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact yes. that they make Galactus scary because cosmic that's, horror Galactus that it he should be, he should be this scary. Yes, like he's coming to literally devour the Earth. It, yeah, he, it should be scary, and I feel he like shouldn't be. 
big purple clown man. No, and I think that's the you were like this is a world where there isn't like, you know, a bunch of I mean, we'll probably meet the Silver Surfer in this book, I assume. Um, because that's the you know, that's the whole thing with him coming to Earth and the Silver Surfer is the Herald of Galactus. But um I'm looking forward to that, honestly, because this feels it, it I I don't know. I this Spider-Man life story spun out of control as it went along and went got so ridiculous. And I don't want that I don't want that to happen to this book. This feels very grounded and it feels like the characters are grounded. You know, they it it the the way it, it portrays Ben Grimm feels very honest and very raw and it, and it works. And that's what the that's what like the Jack Kirby Stan Lee Fantastic Four holds up because of that. It holds up because it is, you know, because there's still that honest and that rawness of Ben Grimm. And I think he holds that book together, honestly. And his presence here is very important because it can just evolve into Reed Richards Science Man. But you have that's why the Fantastic Four is the best Fantastic Four is so good is because it has all these different character archetypes and they really, I don't know, bring a lot of different perspectives to this crazy science stuff. Um, And Reed Richards just being terrified of Galactus is great. Uh, He's not not just that. I don't know what to like the haughty scientist. He's not mm. just he's not just that. There is humanity in him, which is very important. But I'm I am I'm actually very interested to see what considering what Mark Russell has written about and you know, he always brings that perspective to everything he writes. I'm really that's, that's why I, I why we read this book and why I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. The art is very good. Um, it's excellent. Yeah. It very it, scary Galactus face. Good at drawing very that scary, effective. Very good at scary Galactus. I love the, the, the there's it's a litmus, te- litmus test for all artists when you when you read their their book on the on Fantastic Four. How does the thing look? Does the thing look good? Thing looks good. I like the I like how he the, how he draws the thing. Uh, it works. Um, I and I like that this in that scene where they get their powers for the first time in with the cosmic rays. Really good. Um, it reminded me honestly of uh, the Venture Brothers that episode where they encounter the fake. They're they're Fantastic Four analog analogs a little bit because the Venture Brothers actually paint it as horrific, you know, like the guy's yeah. on fire. It's not the the he's he's very much like that guy, isn't he? At first, yeah, he doesn't have control of it. Like if you if literally imagine if you suddenly oh I can turn on I can burn I can just suddenly light myself on fire, but I have no control over it. It would be horrifying. Mm-hmm. It would be terrifying or if i could turn invisible if i oh i turn into a rock monster like yeah it's a horror like that and i think that it really gets what that part of it right at first you know and i don't know this book's really good i'm excited to read more of it i'm a buy i think the thing that um i don't know how he's done this but like i i definitely have a sense that he knows where he's going with this like this is this is already complete this is not going to be seat of his pants like weird pivoting or whatever Uh, i am incredibly interested in seeing where this goes and i i absolutely want more this is a great comic and you should buy it it's a double buy fantastic four life story number one fantastic four life story (laughs) i'm gonna fucking slap you (laughs) 
What is, what is, what is, what is, where does this come from? I got the giggles. I don't know. It's got the giggles. It's like you're trolling me now. <laughs> what is <laughs> how the hell the I'm turntables by my own guitar? <laughs> the turntables turn. Okay. <laughs> next book. Have fun with that, baby. Our next book is Shang Chi, number one, written by Jean Lun Yang, art uh, Dyke Ruin, colors Triona Farrell, letters Travis Lanham. It only just now occurred to me that I don't know how to pronounce Jean Lun Yang's name. Jean Lun Yang's name. I've never had to say it out loud before. I'm just like, oh yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Shang Chi movie is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty good, honestly. <laughs> I watched the trailer. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take some of that, some uh, martial I arts. Haven't, martial... I haven't watched it, but like it has like who Simu Liu in it. I think so. I have looked. I that's his name. Yeah, it he has... was in Kim's Grocer. Yes, yes, yeah. That that is the guy. Um, it's a pretty good show. If you haven't seen it, I can I can honestly recommend it. It's a little it's a little comfort foodie, little cute show. Um, it's fun. The the arguably main character is the dad, and he's like a Korean Homer Simpson. It's great. <laughs> um, but they're clearly they you know the movie's coming out. They want to try and get do the hey maybe you should buy this comic book. There's a movie, you know. They, they do they do love doing that. They try. I mean, they try. Never I don't, fucking works. No, it never works. But they do try it. Uh, I'm not necessarily There's a movie coming out. You should go to a comic book store and that and buy a book that you don't know exists. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yes. It's a fucking winning strategy. We get eight new sales every time. Uh, I'm not against it necessarily just because this is a character. That, oh, yeah. That you. Hey, let's get a good creator. Great. Good creative team on the on mm-hmm. him and give him a chance and you know, see what happens and maybe the, it can re- rehab the character, you know, like this is a, he's effectively where Hawkeye was before fraction root Hawkeye, mm-hmm. where you're just like, Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. You know, I have like the vaguest of idea of who Shang-Chi is, you know, I have less than no idea. I had no idea he existed until the story of him being cast. And then the, and then apparently Many Chinese people complaining that they didn't like him. The China market people didn't like him. Well, they better apologize on a on a very bad cell phone video. They said he was ugly and that he looked too American. God Almighty! Um, that, I... the, the it's a it's a weird world, and it's couldn't have even it might not even been that many people that said it. I like this comic book. I like it too. Um, Gene Yang in my experience has written like a lot of kids comics, like the ones that I've read that I didn't even realize he wrote were the incredibly excellent post avatar, the last airbender, like after the core story of the show, Mm -hmm. the, the, the canonical semi canonical comic books that, that, and, and they're, they were drawn by uh, drawn and colored by Guru Hiru, uh, for the most part, I want to say, and apparently written, uh, if not all of them, most of them, the ones that I've read by Gene Yang, and they're uh, excellent, um, tonally and visually perfect to the show. Like I, if 
if you ever liked the show, read those comics. They're incredible. Um, and they connect the dots between the lore of um, Davatar and Korra. And this honestly feels exactly like this feels like Avatar with the serial numbers filed off and like then and, and then they got Fortnite skins of Spider-Man <laughs> inserted inside it. This is not Spider-Man. <laughs> this is the dumbest Spider-Man I've ever seen written. I don't care because like I can I can justify this like this is a silly very very teen tween sort of comic. It's fun and dumb and I have a good time reading it um spider-man turns into a werewolf mm, a monster i don't know he's got, he's, he's got extra werewolf arms he's got s- s- six arms I, I i think it's not uh necessarily a, a, a werewolf but it is, it is certainly a some sort of monster transformation thing going on because he got a thing put on his head he got a little root monster the monster root got attached to him and so he grew extra monster arms but it looks real good uh the art in this is great i really really like the art um i i think it's fun i think this book is fun i think it doesn't it it understands what it is yeah you know, when we talk about the fantastic four book it understands its perspective it understands it's what tone it's going for and it does that, and I think this book does that in the exact same way. Um, and I think I I really like the idea of of like I assume that the, a lot of people this will be their first Shang Chi book. You know, this will be their their first one, their introduction to this character. And I feel like it works really well in that way because mm-hmm. it is you know giving giving him a clear mission of like, oh, I now own my father's company. My father's company was bad. You know, capital B, bad, evil, mean, awful, and I need to make it better. I need to rehabilitate it. I need to clean up. I need to make up for the sins of my father, which is a very easy story shape that a lot of people can recognize. Um, You have fun, quippy dialogue with the sister who just wants to murder everything. Uh, You get Spider-Man monsters. Like, it's fun. It looks great. Easy buy. Plus, he looks like Guy from Final Fight and... That's always in the pro column for me. <laughs> Just check mark. Mm-hmm. Looks and it's yes. an internal dialogue. Every comic book you've ever read. Does the main character look like Guy from Final Fight? Pro? Yes. No. Con. I mean, Guy from Final Fight's pretty good. <laughs> are you a buyer? Yeah. Okay. What are you crazy? I don't Do know. You see that costume? <laughs> I don't like who is who is it? Is it um, that does the cover? Why can't I think of his name? It's, uh, yeah, Lanil Yu. Mm-hmm. I hate the way he draws his hair. He's got a bowl cut. Lanil Yu, don't put a bowl cut on him. It looks bad. You're pro bowl cut. I'm not, I don't, I'm, I don't, I, I, I think this cover is a little, it's a little bit of a bullshit cover, but other than I'm, I'm, I think I agree with you because he did not do the karate kid crane kick <laughs> once. I mean, I was implying more. I guarantee you, if Shang Chi did, that is the result. He would totally have leveled uh, 
uh, the thing and uh, Captain Marvel uh, Captain and Iron Marvel. Ma- Iron Man. Yeah, I I, I yeah. like I know there. I get the idea of like oh he's going he's making he's going to have to talk to every all these Marvel heroes and tell them I am now officially in charge of this terrible organization and I'm trying to clean it up and try and make it all clear. I understand that, but it's not mm-hmm. fighting them. He fights Spider Man because Spider Man turns into a monster. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that that like. Almost no one on this cover is in this fucking book. No, only that's that's my actual. Complaint. So there's the bull four cut that is... aren't and two that are. Yes, I'm not a great. I'm not a. I'm 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 not exactly like a doctor of maths here. Mm-hmm. But I think that is not great. Oh, that's yeah. That's a. That's just a third. Okay, one third of them. <laughs> okay, double buy. Double buy on Shang Chi number one, except for the cover. We are disavowing the cover. Uh, our next book. What nailed you? What the hell's your problem? Our next. Francis. Our, Francis. <laughs> our next book is Way of X, number two. Written by Cy Spare, Art Bob Quinn. Colors Java Tartaglia. Letters Clayton Cowles. Uh, we we really liked that first one. So I thought, let's try number two. See how, see how it feels. Yeah, um, I like this even more. I no, think. yeah, this is better than number one. Yes. It, I had it, I had some minor reservations about the first one. This is just fucking great. Um, Legion looks really silly. I it's I mean it, this is this is completely this is not a fault of this comic book. He's he's like, what if Vegeta was dumber looking? <laughs> I kind of like the fact he looks. Oh, it's great! Like a new, I I love the way this book looks. This is awesome. Are you kidding? Yes. It, um, it's really good. It it is do it does a lot. It's it does a, a lot with a lot of different mm-hmm. characters, and while managing to keep it centered on Nightcrawler, and we get a glimpse into Legion. We get a glimpse into Nightcrawler. We get to see the rest of this team, and we get to see you know Krakoa stuff. We get fun mind jumping scenes. That's always a good time. You know what I what I really like about this? Um, this this tells an incredible amount. I like I had to go back and look at it and like, is this like fucking 40 pages or something? Like this tells so much story. And like it's no, it's 20 something pages, like not that many pages. Mm-hmm. And there are tons and tons of dialogue bubbles, which normally I think is a problem. But like it's actually like it's actually telling story and revealing character and not just blah 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 blah. Not just yammering on. Like this is, I think, one of the most effective in terms of telling a lot of story in not a lot of pages of kind of more modern comics. Like I wish everything had this kind of storytelling density in it. Yeah. Like this, this does not feel like fucking 10 minutes of a, a sitcom or something. It, it's, this is, this is like borderlining, I would say better than Claremont density. Claremont density was maybe too much. This depending, is, well, I think, a great balance. Depending on the issue. Yeah. Claremont can, yeah, no, it's, it's, can be it's overwhelming. True. There's so much it stuff is. on there the page. Was, I mean, specifically the, the Legion arc that we read was like 
almost unreadable at times. There was just so fucking much of it. Um, but I think this strikes a good balance of feeling cinematic and having areas that are easy to read and good storytelling, visual storytelling in on the page. Everything's working good in concert. This is just, this is just really solid. I adore it. Um, there's, it's hard to say enough good things about it. I am excited to see where this goes. Uh, mushroom brain guy is still here. Dr. Nemesis. Still creeps me out. Dr. Nemesis is, is fun. I like him. <laughs> he's a lot. He, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a fun mad scientist character that can be very, he's allowed to, you know, talk a lot and say a lot of stupid stuff because that's what he, how he's constructed. It makes it make he sense. Really, when I mean, he, talk about Venture Brothers. He basically yes. is a Venture Brothers no, he, character. Ab- he absolutely is a Venture Brothers character. Yeah. But he, the, th- you just take a one Venture Brothers character and put him into a normal X-Men yes. comic. Yes. <laughs> That's what happens. That's ex- that feels exactly like what this is. Um, but th- it's a it's a really fun, varied cast. Uh, they do really, really good character development with Legion and Nightcrawler both. And I really like the idea that there is that onslaught is lurking somewhere. Um, that's really neat. And I hope, frankly, onslaught is a great idea that kind of sucked in the original, uh, the, the original version. Um, so I hope they can maybe if they if if onslaught, I assume onslaught will come back at some point. It can I don't know re- rehabilitate that idea a little bit and smooth it out, massage it. Um, it's like a lot of ideas from the nineties. You're like, Oh, that idea is really great. And then, Oh, the comics were kind of, Oh, it's a, it's a terrible monstrous combination of Magneto and professor X that, you know, could kill anyone. Oh, let's make it not good though. I I think a lot of people have a lot of, when did, when, when was the the onslaught? Was it a nineties thing? I I was going to say it was an early aughts. uh, 99. I, I think it was like 99 was the, first that sounds that sounds about right at least from my my vague 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 memories of it but like that whole era was just about bad comics in general so i don't know everything is going to end up like we're going to make the coolest most badass guy he's he's going to be skull gun haver psychic killy guy I was credited so in, in, in that in that spirit. First appearance was first appearance was ninety six. So, I bet I when was the the big event? It had to have been later than that. Fail like it started. Maybe it was mid nineties. I'm just thinking later nineties. It doesn't really matter because I don't think it was. Don't think it was that good. Um, My main memory of him is from Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> yes. It's probably better than those comics that him just yeah, in, it, a, in a fighting it, it game. It definitely is. Um, but this is book, the most '90s fucking thing it is I've ever goddamn seen. Um, I'm a I'm a buy I'm an enthusiastic buy on Way of X. This is like really this is one of those one of the X books that I like along with X Force and main X Men, uh, and and in the Wolverine book. I think this is another one where it's worth reading issue to issue. It's, it it delivers you a lot of mm. con, a lot of story. It's worth your money, so I'm a buy. Word double buy. Wave X number two. Next up is Nightwing. 
number 80, written by Tom Taylor, art Bruno Redondo, colors Adriana Lucas, color letters Wes Abbott. Uh, checking on some Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't regret this. No, I I like this a lot. Yeah, I I um do you know what I I I'd like about this that this could be fucking terrible. Um because it feels like a bunch of young 20 somethings and like Robin's a zoomer and all this stuff and like I don't want to throw up in my mouth when I read it. Mm-hmm. So good on you, Tom Taylor. You actually have met a child in your life. <laughs> um, you're, 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 the whole book is not just what is the deal with kids and their phones. <laughs> like it, it actually feels like really good. The dialogue's really good. They feel like people with relationships. Mm-hmm with each other like i i i on like love it for that um like i, I think as a it, it it feels like at the end they're like oh shit we got through most of this book let's put some superhero shit in here so they bring out some jobbers <laughs> they do um, get we do get i mean i'm fine i'm a good i'm fine with a good squash match once in a while yeah it's, it's okay you know it's okay that's what this it's, is. It's, it's like you get, okay. you get Dick and Tim versus uh uh Billy Billy Hookman and and electric red pink lightning. <laughs> they just they wipe the floor with them in like three pages. That's fine. It's it's really it's really precious. I cannot remember some YouTuber I watched where they they talked about the greatest jobbers in fiction. It's just. I don't know. I, I I like the idea of using um, wrestling lingo to to describe things in um, fiction because mm-hmm. it applies so well. It's just it kind of fills a lot of gaps, and but that's a shoot, brother. That's a shoot. Um, this book looks great too. I really the, the art is God, really so really good, really good. Uh, I'm it. I I like this week in in general. I'm like man. We are spoiled with this is a artists. well last week was bad. Yeah. True. <laughs> We've had a rough go of it. This is this is I think a good week of uh of comics. Um this is it's super pretty. The only criticism I would ever offer it is that it has that kind of posy. Yeah, that Jen Bartel kind of photorealistic um art i mean it's got good pop like joe q is also i think very much this this genre that isn't who drew this is it no it doesn't feel like him it i is. think he's got he's got okay bruno Rodono. i don't know this artist but it seems like they're a good one to watch because it is beautiful i think i think i think joe quinones whose name i definitely just butchered you did fine um um He's got a little bit more cartoonish energy in the stuff that he does, but a lot of people like this. They have that very photorealistic, almost like plenty of artists that draw and it looks like they're tracing a photograph and they're just they just draw that way. So I'm definitely not accusing them, but it has that look to it. And I I don't like it. I don't like the stiffness. I don't like the like they they look like Mortal Kombat characters like 
you know, posing in a photograph and not someone actually doing a martial arts move or whatever. But like that is a that is like a minor, minor, minor criticism. Um, I think that it is not a negative thing to be compared to Jen Bartel because um, I think she's still really incredibly talented, despite my persistent critique of the rigidness and the work that she does. It's a thing that people love. And this is great. Um, we get nerdy Babs. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, you know, she's she's officially not. She's no, not a practicing Batgirl anymore. So she's back to being Oracle. Or so, and she can walk. Yeah, she can walk. Which thank I, I'm like she can be. I'm fine with Oracle as long as they don't put her in a wheelchair again. Please God, yeah, Almighty. Um, yeah, but I, I also like the fact that this book is like they're investigating homeless people getting getting killed. You know, it, it, that is what they're trying to solve. Like, they're not. Yeah. That is like, it feels like helping. It is feel like superheroes helping people, you know, and that I think that is important. It is important mm-hmm. thing to establish. And uh, as a society, we have all pretended that that homeless people just don't exist. Oh, God. Uh, I could t- talk a lot. About well, we Austin. all do it. I know. I, I know. I, but Austin, we are Austin and Texas in general are having a lot of government Ugh, gross um things happening that i don't know what to do about um but this comic book's real good and you should buy it you should be reading it i'm a buy on this nightwing number 80 yeah i i cannot disagree with that that's a double buy nightwing number 80 our last book of the week is red room number one by ed p score ed pisker i gonna say does he really say p score no i i i just was stylizing um i knew two things about this comic book before i read it eric mm-hmm. i knew it was by ed piscor mm-hmm. and i knew it was real gross well that is two things that i know about it exiting it yes <laughs> that's <it>. and <laughs> i confirm yeah but i was like i i there was a hesitation i'm like should we mm. should should we read this? Would we will we like it? We even is there a chance we like this? Like there's a chance, and it's Ed Piscor, um, who I respect a lot. I we, well, let's give it a chance. Let's see what it is. You know, we don't. You know, let's we don't have to like it. We don't have to recommend it. We certainly don't have to read more of it. But we should. You know, let's let's give it a chance. Let's see, let's talk about it. Uh, this book's real gross. It's real hard to read um you know what is weird about it is i absolutely hated it at first and then as i got through more of it i was extremely i found it extremely compelling um like it's still horrible and really hard to look at and extremely hard to read and i don't like it but i am fascinated by it it yeah i think i'm in the same place where i i'm more interested in like in like ed piscores and why he decided Mm -hmm. to do comics about this like because this is this is going to be from what he talks about in the afterword this book is going to be isolated stories every issue is going to be basically a single a single story kind of like black mirror um anthology whatever you want to call it and ec comics um which i think this is clearly 
This a, is extremely EC Comics. EC Comics. This, it, with, it makes it, it, it with, makes like, me think of the the grossest Wally Wood garbage that I read from that era. Uh, era it feels uh, like collections e- that I have. EC Comics meets Robert. Uh, not uh, uh, Crumb meets. It like feels like that. Yeah, I mean, he's got a Crumb vibe. Um, yeah. It makes I, I don't know. It 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 makes my skin crawl. It's like it's those are probably the best comparisons but it it has a fucking boiled angel level of horribleness to it like it's yeah. very like the worst most exploitative horror movies that you've ever heard of or seen like yeah, it's, grind, it's so grindhouse, grindhouse stuff. Mm-hmm, it's so difficult to read and like i hate it and it makes my skin crawl and like i'm very much not like a mean cruelty based person, but this is so fucked up and compelling. Like I actually enjoy it. And like, I want to know what the fuck he's doing here. Like, it's just, it's just that on that level. I, 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 I simultaneously hate it and like it. And like, I, I don't know. Like I, 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 I feel like, I feel like it's more ethical to read this trash than to like fucking watch cannibal Holocaust or something like that, you know, where they like literally like kill a turtle on screen Mm -hmm. or movies that have literal cruelty in it. Like I, I think, I mean, I don't know. There's a fucking dark side to human nature, I guess there is. Um, it's it this uh, I, I, this book is very it it's very stark when you look at oh he, he, hip hop family tree and X Men Grand Design they're they're almost scholarly you know they're almost like this like it's not just here's a story presented in a comic book it is almost like here's a history here is here is education educational value to the the art. And in this, it's like the clear departure from that, where it's Ed Piscor like, no, I want to, I'm, I'm taking this urban legend. I'm, uh, you know, this is a horror comic, effectively. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and he talks about it. He's like, what's a scary, what's scary now? Like, what is a scary idea? And he's like, the idea of these red rooms of of something like this existing in the real world, and wh- how can I tell stories involving that? And that's what this is, and. It's, it feels way too plausible. I mean, it. I mean, it. There, there's certainly really dark stuff out there. I don't really want to. I don't know. I. This is something I probably would have really been interested in when I was like eighteen, nineteen, when yeah. I wanted to like push myself and like read the darkest. And like that's when I was reading American Psycho and watching movies mm-hmm. like Cannibal Holocaust and like I want to what's the worst thing I want to expose myself I want to be just see the worst horror movies and read the, the most depraved stuff and nowadays I don't have an appetite for it uh, no the the world is dark a dark enough place without being exposed mm-hmm. to this horrible stuff um, but it's just a comic book no one's getting hurt. Uh, in, in, you know, in there's no no turtles being killed uh, in this yeah. comic book. Um, I, 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 I'm interested in like why 
Ed Piscor chose this to make this his next project. You know why? Like this is this is like anti-commercial. <laughs> it's yeah. like I want to. It's literally what is a project I can make that will sell the least? Like it's when you make Hip Hop Family Tree or X Men Grand Design, you're like, okay, those are those have a, a pretty broad, uh, I don't know, commercial value. <laughs> And like mm. it's when you're like, no, I am a a, a, a well a, a pretty well known artist at this point. I'm now going to make art that it literally is repulsive. <laughs> How to and 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 tell people to go read it. And you're like, where people are getting mutilated on pages. And I literally know no person I would recommend this to. <laughs> I don't think I know I, anyone. I we run in different circles. We do. I can definitely think of some creeps. I would recommend this too. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I know what ha- Cannibal Holocaust is. I mean, and I, it's from the people that I would recommend this garbage yeah, to. I mean, I, 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 I owned Cannibal Holocaust when I was 18, and then I mm-hmm. sold it when I was 24. <laughs> when I moved to get, when I moved at one point, I'm like, oh yeah, I bought this, didn't I? All right, yeah. bye. I don't need you it's anymore. A, a cursed object. <laughs> yeah, that you need to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, I, I I sell it. It keeps coming back. I just it can't get rid of it. Um, I I don't know. I I think it's not that this like I, for what this is. I think th- this is done well. Like I don't like I I think this is exactly what Pis- he wanted to make. Uh, I don't want it though. So I'm gonna do not buy. Oh man, I'm really surprised by that. I'm 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 a buy on this horrible horrible shit. <laughs> I was fully expecting you to not like this at all. I and I I don't and do at the same time. Do you know that the whole world of this feels like it's happening in a chick tract? Mm-hmm. It really does. Like this is the bad earth that Jack Chick created. Oh no. Um. That that's that's happening here. I I'm. I'm just fascinated. Did you see the Isaac Yankum uh, reference in I this? I know. I don't think I, I like I I'm going to be honest, Eric. I saw panels where people's teeth are being ripped out. I kind of mm-hmm. I did not look too closely. I'm going to I don't need to I, study. <laughs> I find this awful and fascinating. Um, and I appreciate it for the trash that it is. Um, I would say there's a lot of caveats that you need to have here so maybe i'll go full mush meter on this um but like i i i want to know what in the fuck he's doing i this is clearly not for everyone or most human beings that are alive (laughs) um but i am fascinated by it and i God help me. There's a part of me that likes it. So that's a Mush Meter 5? Yeah. Okay. So that's a split decision on Red Room number one with a Mush Meter 5. That's it for comics from this past couple weeks. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I talk about what we've been doing for the past couple weeks. Uh, Things we should should make recommendations for things you should play or read or buy. Uh, Eric, what's going on? We haven't talked about Invincible on uh, Amazon Prime Video yet, have we? No, we have not. I would say that it's got to be the single most uh, compelling reason to actually even open that app, which I've had it for two or three years now, and 
have so rarely done. Like, I just don't care about it. Um, I use it primarily to, you know, to ship things quicker. <laughs> um, but damn, if this show isn't like really good and really compelling and just super fucked up. Um, I've always wanted us to read these comics, but I don't know. There's 100 billion of them. Yeah, so it's a bit challenging. It you know it's over a hundred of them, and like just read the first couple of trades. Or do we read all of them? Do we read? I mean, um, uh, do we need another sea of Kirkman to wade into? That's the, the man uh, can't yeah. help himself. He he he'll he'll write a hundred issues of a comic book while running to the bus. It's a it's a whole thing. It's it's uh it's very popular. I've seen a lot of people react you know uh, make memes have There's... you watched it yet no i have not i've read i've read i think i've read up to what the sh that what it covers okay in, in the comics i've not read any i've i've never i might i might have bought a trade of it at some point in my life and never read it but i've i, I have never read the first issue of of invincible i thought this show was excellent you really should watch it I probably I um, will. I just I am. A... I mean, I just think that it's just very culturally relevant. It's kind of like how it just becomes part of the cultural language very quickly, um, the same way that the Mandalorian did. Mm -hmm. And I didn't finish the Mandalorian. I watched four episodes of it. And I'm like, okay, I know what's going on here, and I stopped caring. Yeah, that's um, also me. I did. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's what this is. Okay, this is. Lone Wolf I think they Cub. did an excellent. Yeah, I think they did an excellent job of it, and I, I, I I'm glad that people have a Star Wars thing that they cannot be mad about. That they can enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I don't. Uh, um, Invincible is really very good. Um, I don't know that you need me to really explain it at all, especially you, Robbie, since you've uh, apparently read a couple of trades of the comic. But the cast is great. The art and action scenes are very good. It looks a little stagnant and still from the the screens and things you might see online, and like maybe the colors are a little dull and muddy. But it's really excellent i i love the way they've handled the characters the the voice acting is very good um shit what is uh j jonah jameson's name jk simmons jk simmons I, I can't believe that's his name yeah jk simmons is really good as omni man i'm they cast him just because he has a mustache and looks like j jonah jameson um who is it that's it's uh it's old kid from the walking dead also um why can't i think of his name he's the the skinny korean guy that plays the mm. do you know his name do you know what i'm talking about he's invincible he's the lead i know i know who you're talking about i do not remember his name Shit. i can't i can't names today i'm going to i'm just going to google it i'm gonna find it probably before you do some the best Steven Yun? Yes. Yes. That is indeed who he is. It's weird that he's playing a a, a high school kid, but mm. hey, God bless. Yeah, that's fine. 
Oh, Gillian Jacobs is voice, Gillian, voice acting. Gillian works. Jacobs is in this, I didn't know. And, and Jason Manzoukas, did not realize. Okay. Yeah, I definitely pointed. I could, you can definitely hear he sounds like Jason Man, Manzoukas. Is that really how his that name is? That said? is how you say his name, Jason Manzoukas. I knew exactly who he was, but I don't, apparently, I blot the last, his last name out because it sounds so crazy to me. Um, Invincible's really good, really compelling. I want more of it and i want to read the comic more than ever now i'm pretty sure they have uh, definitely greenlit more seasons of it i mean it's already a smash hit and yeah amazon has more money than god so they fucking like should um but yeah i'm not really telling you anything uh, that you don't know about invincible but neither one of us is is fessed up to watching it and i, I think that it's tremendous and everyone should uh, I also many, played a, a, a fucking four-year-old video game, three-year-old video game. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to ask you, Eric, how many more calluses do you have this week because of Celeste? I, I have a I have a, a gnarly one on my my button pressing hand now. Um, so I have been I I can't remember if I've checked in with it before because I did do maybe about a year ago. I want to say or yeah, probably it was in the middle of 2020. Um, I did a playthrough of Celeste, and when I built my new PC, I reinstalled it, and rather than porting over my save files, I just played through it again, and have decided to go back and do, like, I finished the final, uh, supposedly final, like, epilogue stage, it's called Core, only to find that there is, I don't know if it was in, maybe the older versions, but it's called Farewell. And it is the craziest, most impossible Kaizo Mario, like just mean, uh, like the, the timing on some of this stuff is like, it's got to be like within frames. It's bananas. How good it is. I feel like I'm trying to do like Mario one wall clips, you know, and wall jumps and things like I'm having to do stuff. So, so fine tuned and spending like an hour, like legitimately there was an hour and a half I spent on one screen in farewell, but I'm determined to beat this goddamn thing. Eventually it's so insanely hard and it's by far the longest chapter. I might only be a half to a third through the damn thing. There's just so much of it. And I, 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 I texted you, Robbie, um, maybe it was over this, this week or last weekend or something mm-hmm. that, that the timing and things are so precise that I'm literally like kind of fighting against the upper limits of what the controller's capable of. Um, so now I'm going to talk about that for a minute because I'm a crazy <laughs> person. So the the play mechanic in 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 Celeste is you like dash and you can do it in uh what is it six directions yeah no eight directions eight directions you can do it in all eight directions um it's like up up right up left all that shit um and you have to do things like really fast and really precise so like if your controller uh, decides that you're pushing down right instead of 
right or down, well, then you fuck up a whole bunch. And some of the timing is so precise that it's just very clear that like I'm pushing down and because the controller is like, it has a disc that, that takes the inputs from up, down, left, right. And sort of, you know, with an analog sort of way, like makes it a, a, an assumption, an educated guess on what you're wanting it to do. Like, but you're sort of reaching that upper limit. And I've been researching, uh, like better controllers. And apparently the, one of the better ones is using a PlayStation four controller and doing a mod to it to have individual buttons, which the, the PlayStation, it has, uh, individual buttons, you know, as opposed to a D pad, a cross pad, mm-hmm. um, it has individual buttons, but they're still on that same disc. And this kind of mods that out a little bit. And as it also makes the, the, uh, the buttons like a little bit more ergonomic and soft. So my, my little fingies don't get as, uh, as calloused. Um, don't hurt your little fingies. Hey man, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta start getting uh, weightlifting calluses back on my hands. Can't be, can't be no delicate little lady. <laughs> I have to lift heavy things and play video games. <laughs> God Almighty! <laughs> uh, I know I wrote it on the thing, but I'm not gonna talk about what a scart switch, a, a scart switch is. Okay. Fair enough. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I was just being a goober. Okay. Um, but I have a scart a scart switch, which is difficult to say. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's RGB analog videos. So it's neat. I'm an idiot. Um, I also have an old video game to talk about. <laughs> let's 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 go. Let's fucking go. It's like it's less old than Celeste. I think Man Eater came out last year. Uh, yeah, that's but, considerably like Celeste is 2018. I want to say, yeah, Cele- uh, I mean, Man Eater is uh, buy na- 3090 to play Celeste. Man Eater is on uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC now, cool. which is why I'm playing it. Uh, which I still say Game Pass for PC is an incredible deal. If you have a good gaming PC, you should absolutely subscribe. It's like 10, 10, 15 bucks a month, and you get a a lot of games that I and a lot of games that I probably wouldn't play, but now they're and then they're free. I'm like, oh, actually, this is a lot of fun. It's a good game or games that I would never play and can try and go. Eh, you know, now I don't have to worry if I'd spend my money on them. Man Eater is a game where you play as a shark. Uh, it's like kind of like I don't know. There, it, it, it in the early levels, it's kind of like uh, I don't know that old game feeding frenzy where you're like a little fish and you eat bigger fish and then you grow into a bigger fish. Uh, but it quickly like evolved. It's like a mix between like that and Tony Hawk Pro Skater and GTA. <laughs> it's like all those games all together, because you're a shark and like it's you start literally you start the game off. You're you're a baby shark in your mama's belly, and your mama gets killed by a shark hunter, and so and you are you're a baby shark, and you get you manage to uh get thrown back in the water and so you have to grow and get revenge for your mother's death and you get revenge by murdering a bunch of people 
just eating them and so you uh it, it's also like a, just eating them just eating them you get a it's like a just lo- eating them you level up it's lo- kind of like a metroidvania too where you're like leveling up mm. getting more abilities and accessing different areas uh as you grow in size and you know you could jump out of the water and you develop more moves as you jump out of the water so you do like shark double jumps and like i feel like this is like this is a lot like at least in my mind it's a lot like evo um i think for the maybe it was for sega but maybe it was for super nintendo i don't know it was roughly that era i don't think i ever played evo i think i saw the box like ten thousand times i never actually played it Mm. um it's it's real dumb it's the stupidest game it's real stupid and the entire it's 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 got a very sharknado vibe to it it, it's a lot of fun though i'm it it really is it that doesn't really get old you're a shark and you swim around and you just eat stuff like you fight you you kill humans but you also are like oh the first you got to kill this crocodile and this alligator to level up uh and so you're just you got to be the biggest fish in the sea uh and you get once you level up you get these ridiculous like I have electric jaws now. <laughs> like every time I bite something, it del- delivers an electric shock. It makes no sense. It's the stupidest thing. Uh, it also has a weird framing mechanism where it's like we're watching a nature documentary. Um, and it's narrated by, I can't remember the dude's name. He's a comedian. Um, I hope it's Paul F. Tompkins. No, it's he's a, he was on SNL for a long time. I always played like the a dad. He always played a dad on SNL. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Parnell. I was right. It's Chris Parnell uh, who does the voice, who reads narration. But it's it's very silly and stupid too. It's another layer. It, it, like it doesn't just it doesn't settle on just one like layer. It, it it builds, and that's why I actually recommend it because it's not just oh you're a shark and you eat people. There's like a lot of other fun stuff going on in the periphery, and there's also like a lot of collectibles. But it's a good time. It's 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 really stupid fun. I think that's the thing where I'm just like. I'm more and more, I just want video games that I can just turn my brain off to play. And I just like, oh yeah, I just swim around and eat humans. And then people with guns try and come kill me and I eat them too. It's not a complicated thing. I don't think it should be. No. Um, Your silly shark game. Silly shark game. Uh, I, I'm st- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check in again with uh, dog ownership. It's pretty good. I like having a dog. Even though you had to... to... Tell her to go away. She, I didn't want to. I didn't. She hadn't eaten breakfast yet. I didn't want her to be locked in my office while we were I'm recording a podcast. She, you know, she needs to go outside and get some water, eat some food. It's better for better for her to be out there doing her thing versus being. She's a sleepy dog, man. She just likes to sleep, and I understand. Mm. Sleep's pretty good. We should all we should all do more napping. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done anything else. I like. Oh, here, Eric. Can I check in with installing a light fixture? That sounds terrible. No. Oh, I did that. I re- I, I, okay. I took a fan out. I, mean, of the... I didn't. I didn't talk about building a shelf. That's true. I, but I'm like really proud. Boring. I'm really proud because I didn't electrocute myself. That and is I, a good I, thing. And I wired the light correctly. Like it's. It is. It is very satisfying to wire things. You're like, wow! I did it, and it works. There's light now. I don't. Okay. Awesome. Let's talk about dear kids. Okay. Okay. Well, there's one dear kid. That's deer. Okay, deer kid, pig kid, Whew. like rat kid. 
think there is yeah, a rat. There's a beaver. Ra- beaver yet. Yeah. That could mm. be a beaver. Either either way, it's not. Either beaver. You know, that's not. It's why? Why would you? I mean, why wouldn't I? We can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I sign a large collective work and discuss it like you would a book in a book club, except it's a comic book. Uh, today, we are discussing Sweet Tooth, Volumes 1 and 2, by Jeff Wehmeyer, uh, with, let's see, colors by Jose Villarubia, and letters by Pat Brousseau. So do you think Jeff, do you think his first sona is Jeff Lemur? No, I don't like that. Mm. This is a, this is a, a furry comic, <laughs> canonically. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is, but I'm not trying to make light of this comic uh, I think it's good it's, it's a good book Brave Stance <laughs> Brave. I mean hot take uh, Brave Stance I like Jeff Lee Meyer this critically revered book uh, commercially mm-hmm. successful it is now a TV show uh, Eric likes it he thinks it's good mm-hmm. take it a, I'm a, you should listen to me and not all those other people <laughs> those other people are idiots yep I'm smart that, that agree with me <laughs> that agree with me yeah um I've I've walked past this book, yes, you know many many times, and I just go, oh, there's a kid with antlers. What the hell is that? <laughs> I know what you mean. Haven't you you've read Underwater Welder? Haven't I you? own Underwater Welder. Yeah, it's and great. have not read it. No, I've read it. It's great. Okay, okay, that's what I didn't know. Underwater Welder. I, I have not read it, and I think that it's just part of that canon of Jeff Lee Meyer stuff that I politely walk around you know like try not to make direct eye contact or accidentally brush up against it um this has been that for years um i i kind of regret that i hadn't read it sooner and i already want more like this is such a small taste of i think what this is um the two trades kind of don't tell enough story and I, I don't necessarily mean it in a bad way. I just, you know, I want more. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I kind of wanted more after the first two trades of uh, Walking Dead, too. And n- now I, I fly into a rage anytime someone <laughs> says The Walking Dead around me. <laughs> you wish you had that time in your life back where you didn't? <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone someone like is like oh man should i read the walking dead and like i don't even answer i just rainmaker them uh in the middle of the comic book store yeah that that's i this 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 book comic does not it there's 40 issues total um so it's, yeah it's there's not 157 of them or no what a weird number uh uh the Kirkman decided to end on yes there it's not that uh I it, it's mostly like I feel like a lot of the time we commit to reading like everything and something and do we need to you know to understand what it is so it's hard to say also you know first two books uh this are free with Comicsology Unlimited so that is certainly attractive you don't have to pay anything extra for it sweet but no this yeah it, it's good yeah Jeff Lemire has a this is a this I mean this book originally was made in two thousand nine and two thousand ten. Um 
it just recently has come up again because of the Netflix adaptation. Uh, then they did a, 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 a volume seven, a return. So six issues, which is a, um, I don't know, a, a reprise uh, basically of, of this story. Um, but I, like I say that, Oh, it's the book with a kid with antlers on the cover that I never read. I had no idea that this was a post-apocalyptic book. <laughs> I didn't, I never, I never realized. And then you're like, Oh, it's like, it, it certainly is like, Oh, this is a lot. This reminds me that I, I make the walking deer joke because it feels a lot like the walking dead kind of, mm. uh, that same, I said tone, you know, everything is bad and all people are bad. And they kill each other. <laughs> they eat mm-hmm. each in eat each other, you know, figuratively. It certainly also reminds me of The Road, which I don't know if you've ever read The Road, Eric. I don't think so. For some reason, I seem to remember you bringing it up. I mean, it's, there's also a movie, um, McCormick, but the McCormick McCarthy book. I've read the. I I never saw the movie. Uh, I read the book and decided that, that was enough because boy, oh boy, the road is real, real grim. Um, this is, I, I think, you know, if we read the whole thing, we might have a, a, a conclusion on how grim this actually is, but it feels a little bit more hopeful at times than the walking dead, hmm. the walking dead ever did. Uh, I think also knowing that no, we didn't have a, 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 a sweet child, like uh, a childish, uh, lead character in uh, Walking Dead. We just had Coral and and Rick. I remember. Yeah, I Coral. Oh Coral. My 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 first thought my like I think the story is 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 relatively simple here. Yeah. And it certainly comes in a focus more because of the pandemic, you know, because this book is about a virus um that has wiped out most of humanity. So Hey, it reminds me of the stand as well. If we're going to throw in more things, it reminds me of. Um, that guy's name is Jeopard. I was, I just every time I see the name, I'm like Jeopard. Yeah, they they were really scraping the bottom of the name barrel for that one. Jeopard. He's like, yeah, like leopard. Okay, okay, Jeopard. All right, buddy. He's also an animal person. I get it. Everyone's a fucking furry in this book. I have no hate in my heart for furries. They're fine. Y'all are okay. No, I, I, I have people need to get over their fucking shit. I let, 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 let weirdos be weird. It's fine. No, it's perfectly fine. Weirdos can be weird. That's what makes it fun. It makes life fun. Um, true. You, you said this is good, right? Eric, those, those were your words. I like this. Yeah. Okay. You like it. That's what I'm, I'm, that's my other, my other question was like, you thought I would not like it. I didn't know. Why did you think I would not like it? Because it reminds me of The Walking Dead. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, I don't like that for that comparison, but like there were definitely good um there were a lot of good moments in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of promise and that was always the problem with what The Walking Dead was is that it had all this promise and squandered it by endless wheel spinning not being concise like just issue upon issue of it's all it's 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 all air and bag and no chips <laughs> um you know yes 
Um, this is still in that honeymoon. There's promise period. I don't have a problem necessarily with uh, bleak storytelling or uh, post-apocalypse, like downfall of humanity. Like a lot of those stories are some of them are my favorites. You know, there's things that I love. Um, like I love dystopia stories. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this that I just think is great. Uh, and they have like Jeff had the good sense to get in and get out. And I think even if this doesn't go as well as I would want it to, I think it's still going to be good. It's still going to end on a good place. You know, a thing that I was not expecting like on this is Jeff Lee Myers art. And I think I've come around to a place where I can accept the weird, more naive art in um, in the world. So I think this honestly looks interesting and good, despite looking weird as shit. Yeah, that's the uh, that's that was my other I don't know question. Like, is how do you feel about that? It, about his yeah. incredibly weird. Art. It doesn't even it doesn't even look weird to me anymore. Um, I mean, some of these characters do look unnerving, but I think maybe there was just something that, like, I don't know. Like, I I evaluate skill in art very differently than I did two and five and ten years ago, um, and it has expanded to appreciate a lot of different things and the feelings that they give me. And I think that this is, you know, it's got a lot of that like harshness and grossness and grittiness to it. And the emotions that it gives me and the fucking weirdness and unnerving feeling that I get from looking at some of these characters. Um, I think he's doing a lot of good things here. And I think that, I think that it's easy to get caught up on artists that, draw like fucking Lamel Francis you and think that that's what good comic art needs to be. When Jeff Lee Meyer is here telling a good story and creating good emotions and people with far simpler art, writing and drawing everything himself and just making, I think what hangs together as a very, very, very good product. Um, the, that makes me think and feel a lot more things than Shang-Chi in a bowl cut. <laughs> um, I mean that it, you know, I agree with you. I, I, I really like this and I feel like after all you stop seeing like this is weird. It just becomes, that's what this book is. That's what his art is. And you kind of trans your mind translates it. You know, it is very simple and the characters are not always this on the model, you know, like they have, they vary from yeah. uh, panel to panel, but it doesn't really matter because it, it communicates what it needs to communicate. Mm -hmm. it, it makes you understand, you know, back, to, back to understanding comics, you know, we, 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 we come back to that conversation of like, you know, simple art and how simple can art be while still communicating uh, what you need it to communicating emotion and, and feeling and conveying that that uh that i don't know basically making you feel the way it wants you to yeah and do you know what i would compare this to um and this is an abstract comparison it's not direct 
mm-hmm. but I think as soon as I say it, you'll understand where I'm coming from. Is it's got a sort of Steve Dilloniness to it. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, that just like everyone kind of looks like a foot. Um, and and like that's just the world, you know. It's yeah. a it's an uh, it's a thing that you can't take away from this and have it be tell the same story. You know, it needs to be ugly because the world feels ugly. And that's why Preacher worked with Steve Dillon. Yeah. I mean, there, I think that's an apt comparison because this character, this, the, 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 the big man. Yeah. He's, he's basically like he's, a nicer he's, he's, version of Jody or, or Frank Castle for that matter. He mm-hmm. is the aged yeah. oh, he's very Frank Castle, Punisher yes. Max Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. He's all, he's that there. He's both those kind of those, those big, hulking men that don't that don't know what to do with their strength he can make a rabbit though he can't make a rabbit that's very it was that's such a sweet little that's a a sweet little vignette there in that in this in this book after my trying to drink himself to death in an alley after he sells our main character to military men to get the corpse of his wife back it was a really good moment because you really just assume that it's just a big fucking duffel bag of money yeah and then he opens it and it's his wife's body and then the whole backstory like that's fucking compelling it's really good that's some that's some really good storytelling like that's that's goddamn good man like that that was a twist that did not see coming um really just did not expect you expect it to be so one dimensional and such a simple story that it's going to be this like go from a to B and now it's over. And that's what the whole story is going to be. But no, you get a, a swerve and it's not great. And of course it's not real. And you know, we learn more about the characters and we see their complexity and it's just it's good it did that's the thing that that walking dead didn't really do because it started out it was like we're going from a to b and it's over all right now we're going from b to c and it's over and it was just like it was just that over and over again introducing a different big bad or a different whatever like this is this is immediately like more interesting and nuanced and doesn't feel as bland and rudderless i i Um, i think ultimately like i feel like the there's been there are a couple twists in this you know there's a couple times i'm surprised one is the reveal of what's in that duffel bag the other time is the reveal of what happens when gus wakes up to the doctor and we find out that the, the doctor is not necessarily a bad person like he just like uh jeopard the doctor is Try, wants to do the right wants to do a good thing you know he has you understand his motivation even if he is doing bad things on the road on you know on in the process of you know trying to get finding a cure for this terrible sickness that it has wiped out humanity or is wiping out humanity and i think you know when i think back to the walking dead and all we read i always think there's a lot of twists in the walking dead there's a lot of reveals and i, I robert kirkman is really good like 
as a, even just on the simple level of I'm a, of a craftsman as as a craft he understands how to structure a comic book he understands how to reveal information to make the reader continue like that's the thing when you think back to reading the walking dead especially the first time you're like i just you just need to keep turning pages i need to know this i need to know that what is this character going to do what is like there's a setting up series of reveals and robert hickman is a master at that that's why his comic books sell so well because he knows how to structure them to, to bring a reader in and keep them reading you just keep wanting to dig deeper into these worlds that he creates with his artists and there's all there, there's so many of these reveals in The Walking Dead because just constantly we we on mm. these travel we're constantly finding new characters and they're all mysteries. How do they survive in this world? How do they survive in this world? Why? You know all these things. But ultimately, it's like, go ahead. Ultimately, I don't need to interrupt. Go ahead. Ultimately, those reveals almost always are things are worse than you expect. Always, <laughs> this person that we just met is secretly a cannibal. This person, these this group we just met are actually all racists, and they're going to try and kill all the black people in the party. Uh, this group is led by a rapist. Like it's all like it's just that it's just constantly revealed. Humanity is worse than you expect, and there is no I, saving us. I think. I think. Kind of. I mean, what I was going to say actually, I think relates to this because it's, but it's both the same kind of mystery box writing that was in, uh, lost mm -hmm. is in the walking dead. Like it's really, it's, I think fundamentally not that different. And I think after a while it's just exhausting and it just feels lazy. You know, I feel like, I feel like, I'm being set up to be the dog with like the blanket trick, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Except you do it a thousand times. And like after about time 250, I'm just like, so you're going to, you're, you're going to do that again. Okay. That's fine. Oh, you're doing that again. Okay. Good for you. You know, like, like it's not good. Like that's not, that's not, what made the early parts of of the walking dead compelling it was a million other things intangible things and they were chasing after the part that wasn't interesting but whatever mystery box writing gets people to keep turning pages like at a certain you can continue to try and make stuff compelling but if you're not if you're not really telling a good story or good characters or any of those things. Like, what do you, I don't know. It's just empty calories at a certain point. It hollows itself out. And this feels like it has a good core. It's going to get in and get out and, and, and finish the story before its own fucking gimmicks wear thin. And mystery boxes, ultimately the like loss is a, is a good example in that ultimately you have to have something in the box. There has to be mm. substance. There has to be something in the box when you open it. And you go, oh, look at this. And that's it. In the worst of Lost, I think Lost ends up course correcting for the most part. 
uh, but for a long time, loss is just you open the mystery box and there's another box inside. There's no, yeah. there's nothing else there. It's just boxes. And you're just like, I want, where's the thing inside? The, where's the present? I want, you know, eventually I open boxes. I find more boxes. I'm going to stop opening the boxes. And I, you know, I don't mind big, like, uh, I don't know, stories, uh, I don't know, centered around reveals and like i sometimes do that with my own stories as they're centered around reveals but ultimately i know that i have something in mind at the end mm. that's gonna get there's gonna be a there there you know you're not gonna just end your journey and you don't you're still just staring at a box the walking dead's reveals are often this is bad it's actually worse you expected it to be bad it's worse the 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 two reveals those two reveals of oh it's his wife's corpse and oh this doctor is actually trying to find the cure mm-hmm. are all they're both they're both I, I'm I'm not going to say the word optimistic but they feel like they instill in a, a like a positivity to it a a yeah. a, a, a genuine I, I I would even say something built out of love. Yeah. You know, like the 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 dude loved his wife and he wants to put her body to rest. The doctor wants to save humanity and it it's not rocket science. Like it clearly has something to do with these kids born with animal parts. Like what's going on? And this this Gus doesn't have a belly button. Something's when his his dad, quote unquote, was writing his own Bible. God Almighty! Like something's up. I don't think. I don't think hypnosis is real, though. No, I, no, no. That, that kid would have. All that shit would have been made up. Yeah, that doesn't do. I mean, you can have very mild effects with hypnosis, like help stop smoking and things like that. Mm. That has been demonstrably proved that you can like mildly assist. You know, trying to stop bad habits, things you want to stop in your life. You can't just make you can't just make a baby remember things. Yeah, it doesn't. What was on the map that your father drew when you were when you were a sperm? It doesn't work like that, but it's fine. Not, it's not time travel. No, it, you know that's I. It's a certain sort of magic. That's okay. Um, I don't mind that because again, a lot of the time, I yeah, I'll let you get away with stuff if I care about the characters. If I'm invested in the characters, I don't care if you pull a little magic around on me. That's fine. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Hard agree. But that's the thing. I, I Gus, and like you said earlier, Gus is an innocent, and I think that carry that has a lot of weight. You know, and it's someone we can follow, someone we want to root for, someone we care about. Where he's a true innocent, and there is like this that dichotomy that we mentioned. You know, the 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 Mandalorian and, and Lone Wolf and Cub. And you have that same kind of dichotomy here with the with Shepard and Gus, you know, where he is this big hulking man shepherding this child, and you don't know why, and then you reveal he's, he's, je- he's jeoparding. Rhymes with leopard. Mm-hmm. It would have been too on the nose to say <laughs> rhymes with shepherd. Maybe we just discovered what his real name is through the power of puns. <laughs> but there is that uh that that kind of like oh he's the the kind of there's so many examples of it uh like old man logan or just logan i guess the movie is but old man logan and uh and the last of us 
which is clearly, mm-hmm. my God, I, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really wondering if people who made Last of Us read, read Sweet Tooth because there's so much, so many similarities, um, which Last of Us definitely came out after uh, Sweet Tooth did, but I. Uh, what was the last one I was going to compare it to? Now nah, I've forgotten it. I've lost it. But, you know, a hulking, you know, oh, the professional. That's what I was going to compare it to. Or taxi driver, even. You know, where you have these adults who are kind of broken. And by being exposed to a true innocent again, they kind of reclaim a little bit of their humanity. And The Walking Dead just, I, I don't know, it kind of just never got there. And and there's no rec- there's no attempts to reclaim humanity. It's always like, oh, we just got to murder these people because they're bad, over and over and over again. And certainly we have that with uh, with Shepard, who's just like, I'm gonna kill everyone. Uh, but there is a counterpoint to that. You know, there's a counterpoint because we have Gus, we have his perspective, and he's just. Some kid who's been lived in lived in a cabin his whole life with his crazy father, and we want him to be we want him to be okay. And it doesn't feel like the book is waiting to reveal that he's I don't know some terrible monster at least not on the, by his own part. He's just a kid with antlers. Yeah, That's he's just true. a kid just a kid with antlers who likes Nestle Crunch bars. I mean, if you've never had candy your whole life, oh yeah. Like eating I mean, it. even 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 if you have, yeah, like you're still like, oh wow, candy tastes real good. Mm-hmm. Chocolate bars are delicious. Be like an explosion of flavor. Supposedly, it's the only taste that we have an innate. Um, what do you what do you call it? Like um, that we innately like. Let's say everything else has to sort of be learned. That makes sense. Yeah. So sweet tooth is good. That's what, like, that's mm-hmm. what we've, we come back around. Sweet Tooth is good. Everything else that we compare it to is terrible. I mean, I, the road is good, but yeah. I will never. Oh, I mean, I, I, uh, The Last of Us is supposed to be incredible. The Last of Us is good. Uh, I have no interest in playing Last of Us 2, but The Last it's of Us. is supposed to be good. I'm sure it is. Despite what the, the shit, the shit birds on the internet say. I don't, I, I've, I've spoiled myself on The Last of Us 2. I know I have no interest I have in, not. I have no interest in what it's, what happens in that video game. Um, I may pick myself up a, a used PS4. I think the prices are dropping a little bit. Last of Us is absolutely worth playing. I will tell you that. Um, but f- after reading what Last of Us 2 does, I'm not really, I don't need more of it. Um, but that's the thing. Like, they're good. I don't know if I'd... Like, I'm never going to read The Road again. It's the grimmest thing possible. You know, it, it's... It's... it's it, 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 And like that... Like, we talked about it earlier about when we were discussing Red Room. is like... It is well executed and does exactly what the artist intends. But it's just... I, I don't have an appetite. And I... I the sweet tooth is not just that though. It's not just that grimness, you know? And I think some people have an infinite appetite for that. Uh, I am not one of those people. Certainly not anymore. When I was younger. Yes. I could, I could devour the grimmest and darkest things for, in infinitely and rave about, Oh, it's so dark. Blah, blah, blah. Like it makes it like, it's so good, but mm, I just don't have the 
the, the appetite for it anymore. I don't want it anymore, at least not in great large doses. Um, and this isn't that. You know, it has grim stuff in it, but it is not just... I, I feels like there is a, a lot of time here where we spent with, I don't know, humanity, where we get the kid and, and Jeopard eating candy bars together, or, you know, the Jeopard making shadow rabbit shadow puppets on the wall with his wife which is important i think lee meyer innately understands that there has to be humanity present or the story will fall apart and this weird kid weird fucking kid he's really weird looking i mean lee meyer draws really weird looking so he does and it and it's already a kid with antlers and deer face oh yeah it's already gonna get weird on weird on weird dull weird all the way down yep anything you want to add eric nope okay that sweet tooth by jeff lemire um next time we'll be discussing aliens dead orbit by james stoko we love him so we love us some stoko uh i'll just tell you because we just discovered this ourselves it is no longer on comiXology what the fuck yeah i i from what i gather from what we can tell is that marvel has now that marvel has the rights to alien they pulled all the other either they either the dark horse literally can't publish it anymore or they they made it get taken off i don't know i know that i paid money for it on comicsology and now i can no longer read it so i'm going to there, there is a reason that uh comicsology allows you to make your own drm free backups of their shit mm-hmm. and it's because they will take it from you without telling you Thanks, Comixology. Really appreciate that. Um, Fuck you, Amazon. <laughs> also, Amazon, thank you for my paycheck last week. I really appreciate it. Um, that's the world we live in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's next time. Dead Orbit. Aliens. Stoko. What's not to like? You should sound more like a simp when you thank Amazon oh, for your money. Thank you, Amazon, for my paycheck. You have to you have to have that tone in your voice that sounds like you're pointing your fingers at each I, other. I, I I just did it. I just did the thing okay. to make you it, did you did that. I'm, yeah. Okay, that's I, good. I did the thing to make sure that it it it, it kind of makes you do the voice if you do that. Thank you, Amazon. Thank you, Amazon, for my paycheck. For I know for for, for my easy bitty widow paycheck. My, for my fourteen cents for my three hundred <laughs> my three hundred hours of work. I know I'd work three months for that 14 cents. Thank you. That's uh, I think that's that's what social media does. Breaks it's like, us. It's like me. It's, yeah, it's like me Twitch streaming. <laughs> um, that's next time. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com and find links to everything on our Facebook or Twitter or RSS feed. If you like the show, please go through whatever ridiculous links your podcast app requires to give us a review and tell your friends and subscribe and all those things help and help us find new listeners. We appreciate it. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. That's my name. And my website is also my name. It is RobbieDorman.com where you finally store all the things I do online, including my other podcasts and links to purchase all of my horror novels there are seven of them now my newest is regrowth it is creighton meets cronenberg in a near future underground lab full of body horror and intrigue if you like all that stuff you should go buy it and read it you can read it for free with kindle unlimited eric where can they find all the things you do online what a super good question uh you can see my portfolio at freewillunlimited.com and 
many, many, many of the other things I get up to are available on ericzgoodnight.com. That includes uh, all my other social media where I stream on Twitch, post art to Twitter and Instagram, uh, and you can see all of those things. I am known as EZ Goodnight on those and all social media. With that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Thank you.